It's time for another hour of Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries, Thursday weekly discussion with Thomas and Denise. We are the walkers, inspiring souls and removing the mask through the word of God. Join us as we discuss biblical topics with a life applicable approach. We talk about biblical topics such as marriage, purpose, loneliness, family, salvation, forgiveness, holiness, and so much more. We also have inspirational books and poetry that we expound on during our weekly program. You can also check out our broadcast live via Zoom on Thursdays, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Meeting ID 915-963-7102. Access code for lowercase y, uppercase u, lowercase v, lowercase e, capital D. All broadcasts are being recorded. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel at Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries and join our Anchor Podcast channel. And now join us for another enjoyable evening. God bless. Welcome to Reflections of Grace Outreach Ministries. My name is Thomas Walker and my wife Denise Walker. We want to welcome you and we are so pleased that you can join us today. Today we are going to talk about God's riches and glory, a human perspective of wealth. Well, we want to talk about uh, the human perspective of wealth, but first I wanted to uh, talk about the time that we have not been on online recently. Well, we had, uh, as you all know, last uh, time that we talked, I was undergoing a medical situation where it required me to need surgery. That surgery went well and everything is fine now. Well, what would happen, I had to have surgery on my spine, on my cervical spine, to to alleviate the uh, spinal pressure so that I wouldn't become paralyzed from the neck down. And I learned a lot during that time frame was my health was more greater than the wealth. And that's what brought me to the discussion today because I really found myself believing and thinking that, you know, what if things went sideways and I wasn't able to fully recuperate? What if the surgery went incorrectly or something happened, heaven forbid, wrong, and I ended up paralyzed? Then I started thinking all of the wealth and things that I thought that was important, such as a job, retirement, and all those things would be a mute point. And the reason why it would be a mute point was it would be because I wouldn't be able to utilize them the way I used to before uh, I accumulated this so-called wealth. You know, and I really started to thank God for his hand in everything as far as guiding the surgeons, as far as uh, the prognosis being done in time, because it was a progressive uh of thing that was happening to my body, uh, which required, which was the compression of my spinal 
the cervical spine was compressing against the spinal cord to the point where it was cutting off the fluid and thereby causing my arms to become weaker, both arms. Uh, the hands would become more weaker and painful and tingling and numbing and all of the effect to the point where I began to lose balance and uh, not be able to walk correctly. I had to use a cane and then progress to having to use a walker. So I thank God that right now he's restored my health to the point where I no longer use the walker and I no longer use um, the rollator um, to the point where it's on a regular basis. I still have to use the cane because I still have remnants of the severe spinal damage that occurred. But I thank God I'm still able to walk. I'm able to move. I'm able to still be able to function um, as, as, as much as I can now. So I thank God for that. And I wanted to pass on what I've learned today um, during this whole ordeal. I wanted to pass it on to others because the perspective of wealth is uh, defined as having riches and having everything at your hand at your disposal and the definition of of rich means you know having a great deal of money or assets to be wealthy plentiful abundant you know and and let's define what wealth means when we're talking about wealth it is an abundance of valuable possessions or money the state of being rich materially you know you being materially materially prosperous plentiful and it supplies of us plentiful supplies of, of particular resources you know and and this is the american dream of of many of us who strive to obtain a multiple streams of income and a solid nest egg in the bank, you know, and, and possibly we want to build a stock portfolio, real estate property, and, and now they have this uh, Bitcoin uh, investments that a lot of people are engaged in. You know, also many of us believe that it is our human right to be healthy or wealthy, and so Therefore, we must do whatever it takes to become rich, whether good or bad. The main objective is to find the means to get wealth. Also, we know that certain leaders believe that we can name a thing and claim a thing in Jesus' name, and we can have it. But if, if that's the case, why did Jesus tell the rich man to sell all of your goods and possessions and give away your land and follow me well that's found in the scripture verses found in mark 10th chapter 17 to the 31st verse where there was a story in the bible that talks about jesus encountered a rich man and the rich man came up to jesus and he nailed down to him and he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You know, and Jesus looked, uh, he looked around and he asked the man, well, why do you call me good teacher? Uh, only God is truly good. But Jesus said, but I'm going to ask you your question. And he asked him these specific things. And the specific things that he asked, he said, 
do you not murder? Uh, do, do you uh, commit adultery? Or uh, do you steal? Or, or do you not bear false witness? Or do you have you ever cheated on anyone? Or do you honor your mother? And the rich man said, Yes, yes, I've done all that. I've all obeyed all these things since I was young. And Jesus looked at the man, and I can imagine Jesus is looking at him and saying, Well, that's good. That is awesome. You know, that is great. You know, and he felt genuine love for him because the man was truly in obedience to the moral laws or the commandments that that the Old Testament rules and laws had put forth for the Jewish people. So uh, he, Jesus felt love for him, you know, and he said, but there's still one thing you haven't done, though. You know, and I can imagine a rich man was looking like, what? I've done all of the things that I was taught from my youth to do in order to live a righteous life in front of God. I've done all the things that that my parents have told me to do in order to be a, considered a good person. You know, and a lot of times the Ten Commandments and the commandments of God, the moral and the civil laws that we are being taught each day, you know, we quantify that as being a good person on this earth, regardless if you're wealthy or if you're not wealthy. But a lot of times, wealthy people, uh, you know, considered keeping the commandments as one of those things that's going to get them into heaven. But Jesus said, there's still one more thing that you haven't done. And he told him, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Now, I can imagine the rich man looked and was like, what? You know, or did a Scooby-Doo thing. And he looked like, well, wait a minute, hold up now. I done worked hard. I done got all these things. I done acquired. I done sacrificed all these things in my in my personal life and in my private life to attain this wealth. Well, my mama and my daddy and my uncle Nim had this business, and they left it to me. So now I am rich and rich and wealthy. Why should I have to give all this away? just to have riches and treasures in heaven and I can imagine a man was thinking the wheels were spinning in his mind his business mind was telling him wait a minute you're telling me to go bankrupt you're telling me to give up all of the things that I possess you're telling me to to let go and get rid of and essentially become completely poor all over again just to follow you and attain riches and glory in heaven. You know, that's a, a great spiritual thought for a lot of us to consider. Let's think about now and our day and our walk now with Christ, with God. How many of us are willing to go back to that place of not having, that place of still struggling, that place of still needing you know, in order to follow God. How many of us will be able to go to church service on Sundays or whenever days that you have service and they ask you to stand and give an offering or stand and give a tithe and you're not able to give it because you don't have? How many of us will still serve and worship God in our poorness? See, it's one thing to be poor and it's another thing to be 
in poverty and it's another thing to be broke but with all three of those things combined how does that define you as an individual as a man and a woman that believes in Jesus you see like I said earlier a lot of people have been teaching this prosperity gospel and this prosperity wealth that if you could name it and you could claim it that you'll be able to get whatever you want but is that all also true is that really true you know so many of us we do believe that is our human right to be wealthy and, and that's therefore we do uh, consider and say that we gotta do whatever we do to become rich but the importance of Jesus giving that alternative it was that that his riches and glory he wouldn't be able to take it with him and he wouldn't be able to do anything with it after he died so but eternal life is forever and if you're willing to give up things on this earth you would show God that your your moral laws your civil laws and and your natural affection toward this earth does not overtake your spiritual desire to be with him you see the human perspective of wealth tells us to work hard to save and invest in 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 our future and we'll be happy uh, this perspective sounds great as a young person in their 20s and 30s with no responsibilities. You know, we believe that we can have it all once we're rich. We believe that when we uh, finish college and we get that six-figure job and we start being an entrepreneur and a, a videopreneur and an authorpreneur that we're going to make all the riches and the money in the world and we become basketball players, we become actors and whatever job that we have on this earth that we're going to be rich, that we're going to be able to be happy and find our happiness and when we're in our 20s and we're finishing college they have this thing that's going on now with some of these universities had promised some of the students that once they finished college that they would be able to find their dream job and they would grow to uh, go into their f career field and become rich and wealthy and have a career well we found out later on that that was not true they considered that false advertisement and therefore you know those universities or those schools are being held accountable for that because people had invested money into that degree or into that university with the hopes that they would be able to get that job and be able to maintain or build substantial wealth from that and yet today we find that the pulse of the last two generations in society you know they have fear and anxiety because they see that those dreams and those hopes aren't as easy as people may make it seem and that fear and anxiety is to be poor when they come out of school or overburdened with with debt student loan debt and the anxiety is having to pay those student debts and 
all those those uh, expenses off throughout your whole 30 year life you know and it's making you know people that have, have finished college you know very leery and weary of raising families of of committing to marriage to buying a home the things that make and govern a successful relationship on this earth people are now being taken aback because of their human perspective of wealth they don't believe that in their own strength that they can do it they can maintain they can live and therefore they become anxious and the reason why that is and the reason why that is, and I'm going to say it, is, you know, we need to know that regardless of our material status on this earth, there are other riches that we should consider to be primary. The most expensive and most priceless thing that any of us can and should value most is our health. And we see today that during the pandemic, during COVID, during all these these other uh, instances of illnesses and diseases, that our health is the most important thing. Like I had intimated earlier, how my health, the inability to walk, the inability to function the way that I did before the situation had gotten bad. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I battle with illnesses every day. I have a ton of health problems due to military service, due, due to times when um, um, I had accidents in my life. I still battle with those things. And right now I'm considered uh, a disabled veteran, 100% total and permanently disabled. But it's by the God's, by the grace of God, and by His power and by His might, that I'm able to get up and move, and I'm able to trust God for all things on this earth. And I encourage everyone that are going through situations health-wise or material-wise or things that you strive for on this earth, that we need to build a personal relationship with a higher power, with God, to show that and believe, more importantly, that he got our back. See, it's not about God blessing us to be substantial on this earth. It's about us giving him thanks for what we have. Even if we don't have the the provisions that we need on this earth right now at this moment, when we give thanks to God, continuously to say thank you God that I'm not homeless thank you God that I can still walk with my legs thank you God that I can still move because I know that there's other people out here that can't do these things and I thank you for blessing me to be able to do what I'm doing now see what that does that gets God attention to the place where he knows your struggle he understands but more importantly you're still humble enough and you're less prideful enough to believe that you could do it all in your own strength you know and when he sees that 
all his heart and his love for you expands because he knows that you're putting him first above all things. He knows that when you're calling and saying, thank you, God, you mean it because you have nothing to lose. You have all the gain, though, because you're trusting him for your future. You know, and there was a quote um, from India.com. Uh, that I, I read one time on India.com that says, Health is like money. We never have a true idea of its value until we lose it. Now, that is so important. Think about the many people today that are going through uh, COVID long haul symptoms, the people that are still battling COVID in the hospital and still trying to regain some semblance of normalcy. Even everyone today who has battling, been battling uh, COVID protocols where we have to wear masks and we have to get vaccinated and, and we have to do all these things, social distances. Let's think about all of the things that we are dealing with right now in our lives just so that we could live a normal life, the, the mental and the physical stress that we are all up under, you know, it, it would be great to know and to be able to turn our attention and focus our attention on a higher power, on God. Instead of saying, God, why are you letting this happen? Why are you allowing these things to happen to us on this earth? Let's talk about God. I thank you that I'm still here. I thank you that I'm still able to endure these these situations and still have peace and joy. Let's talk about that health aspect of who we are because in our mind and in our heart we have to find something to bring us joy we have to find something in life on this earth when everything seems to crumble around us we have to find something that's going to be the catalyst that balances out the good versus the evil and the good versus the evil is not so much as what we see it's what we think because the Bible tells us, so a man thinketh, so is he. So, when we're thinking good, meaning that we put our hope and our trust in, in God and faith to believe that it could be worse, and God knows it could be worse, then uh, we are able to walk in the road of ambassadors for God, ambassadors of showing others that in spite of our calamities, you know, God still has a plan for my life and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be true to understanding that, that, that he has it all planned for me. So if we're going through and our human perspective of wealth means everything materially that we could get our hands on and everything that we could see like our homes and our cars and our bank accounts if that's the human perspective of wealth being in abundance uh, valuable possessions or money or being plentiful on this earth then what does that say about us spiritually I mean, do we have any uh, a perspective of wealth, spiritual wealth? Well, let's let's talk about it. If we know that our spiritual wealth means that we can trust God, and like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, I will trust in the Lord with all my heart, lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge God, and he will direct my path. 
then when we're acknowledging God for all our ways <laughs> and we're trusting him to, to trust and, and to lead us into all truth, then we have nothing to worry about because God is the creator. And if he's created everything, like he had to tell someone uh, in Deuteronomy, when, when they question and, and everything about their wealth and everything, and he told them, he says, you know, I have the power to give you wealth, you know, and I have a cattle on a thousand hills, and I have... Uh, uh, blessed you. He was telling the children of Israel that. He told them, uh, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of waters, of fountains, and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, a land of olives, oil, and honey. So he gave them that because he brought them out of the terrible wilderness and he fed the manna in the desert and and, and his their clothes didn't didn't wither or wilt from them or didn't perish from them so he was letting them know that that he is the one he is the God that can provide. You know, in certain, in a lot of situations, let's think about a time when you didn't know how your bills was going to get paid. You didn't even have a job. You didn't even have uh, a means of income. Yet God was still sustain, sustaining you. God was still providing for you. God was still making a way out of no way for you. That's God. That's the God that we should be looking up to, looking forward to. And it's not about what God can do. It's not about what God will do. It's about us having faith and believing that he's with us throughout the whole situation. So um, when we talk about our health and we talk about our wealth, there has to be balance in our life. There has to be a balance of, of faith that believes that, that, like the Bible says, and our God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So we have to believe that all of our needs will be met. So the human perspective of wealth, we don't need to chase it or feel as if we need to have it and we anxious about it. All we have to do is believe God that he is there for us and will provide for us. See, he said in Deuteronomy that he would do all these things, I, especially for the children of Israel. He had to remind them that I was the one that gave you all these things that provided for you in your darkest moments, in your weakest times. I was there. When it was at night, I had a, 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 a pillar of fire to lead you at night and in the daytime when you was lost in the wilderness I had a cloud leading you so you know we have to understand that God is omnipotent enough and omnipresent enough to do all things abundantly and exceedingly above all that we ask or think so with that being said our health helps us to obtain wealth and it keeps us in alignment with God's purpose to live and compel others to know him. You see, God is a wealth giver 
and a provider of those who love him and worship him. You know, however, God does not allow, God does allow scarcity and circumstances to enter our lives just to test our faith. See, and, and that's one thing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if we are searching and seeking wealth, we must ask ourselves, how is our relationship with God? God also tells us in the Old Testament who he is about riches and wealth. You know, because uh, like I reiterated in it just, re- just recently about him having to remind the children of Israel of who he was and is to them. That all he asked that they obey his command and love him. And they had an issue doing that. And just like today, God is still asking us to love him and obey his command. You know, and the commands are easy. It easily set forth. And we know the Ten Commandments it, like they're the back of our hands. But do we really follow all in each other moral laws? You know, um, I'm reminded of this one show that came on television where this guy was standing out asking people, well, do you, do, have you ever steal? Have you ever killed? Have you ever bear false witness? You know, and the person couldn't easily say, yes, they, they, they've never done those things. They said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so the man ran, came back and said, well, now you just confessed to being a, a murderer, a liar, a thief, <laughs> and an adulterer, you know, and, and, but overall, the the person that answered the question still said, but I still believe I'm a good person. And then I think his name is Ray Comfort. And um, he came back and said, well, you know, by all intents, by you saying these things, that means you would not get into the kingdom of heaven because you have broken these laws, that you have broken these rules of what moral laws are to God. That's why we need grace. We need grace in the event that the way our relationship with God goes will hold us to a standard that we would perish for our disobedience. But the grace factor, the grace factor, which is the believing that Jesus died for our sins, which is our disobedience to the laws of God, when we disobey those things, you know, the Bible tells us the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ so we must find that grace and that grace is what's important to us and more important than our wealth on this earth and to go on and finish up the, um, the story from the rich man at Jesus when when Jesus had talked to the man and told him to sell all of his riches and he'll have a reward and and treasure in heaven the rich man looked at him and held his head down and walked away isn't that something because he didn't want to give up his natural uh, prosperity he didn't want to give up the things that he had attained on this earth naturally that he can tangibly feel tangibly enjoy for the afterworld 
of eternal life, eternal grace, eternal joy and peace. And we have to get to that place to where as believers that we are in a place of, okay, I'm okay with what I have here because I know my reward is going to be in heaven. So if I don't put so much uh, stock, so much uh, energy into what I have on this earth and be more willing to freely give, be more willing to share, be more willing to exude the love of Christ by uh, loving our neighbor as ourselves, being able to care for the widows and the orphans with what God has given us. Because God has said he has the ability to give us wealth. So when we understand that, when we seek in God, when we search in God, when we're, when we're loving God with our whole heart, mind, strength, and soul, then we're able to see someone in need and meet a need we should want to help someone. Like nowadays with the COVID and everything is going really, really rampant out there. People are hurting. People need to hear an encouraging word from, from us, the believers, that we know that God can fix things. See, if we've had that experience in our lives, we should be willing to share it with others and let others know, hey, let me tell you this secret of how I got through the COVID crisis. Let me show you, let me tell you how God had made a way for me. Let me show you how when everybody in the room was um, tested positive for COVID, that I was the only one did not get, did, did not test positive for COVID. Let me tell you how everyone on my business trip fell sick and passed, unfortunately, from COVID, but I was still, still here that I'm still here. Those are testimonies that people nowadays need to hear. We should not wait until the news tell us on the television, you know, of these divine interventions, these things where our faith can be strengthened. Let's talk about how it's happening to us in everyday life. Let's talk about how we overcame sickness and diseases. Let's talk about how we overcame debt. <laughs> and there's so many of us are in debt and so many of us are going through, you know, to the point where we don't think that there's no way out. All we can do is file bankruptcy and, and, and be at the mercy of the court. No, there's another way. The other way is pray. The other way is believe and trust that God has it all under control. No matter how bad it may look, no matter how bad it may seem, that God has an answer. <clears throat> and a lot of people, you know, if we if we look at money as being the worst thing, you know, you have some people that that would say, "Oh, that money gonna get in, get you in trouble," or you should you you should not want money for all, and you should not you should not covet money and and all of that stuff, which is true, because when you covet money, that money becomes your god. That that money becomes something that you eat, breathe, and sleep every day. Every day you're getting up. The only thing that that that's on your mind is making money. Well, it, it that becomes a love. That becomes a God. That becomes something that you are willing to sacrifice everything. There's a lot of people that work every day, seven days a week, 
almost 24 hours a day just to to make money just to become rich just to maintain a, a status or a lifestyle well God says something different and he said for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows see what Timothy was saying in the Bible on this is the love of money is the root that means people do almost anything anything to obtain money you have some people out here that will scam elderly people people that will build apps that will take your money through text people that would even call and fake kidnapping <laughs> kidnapping a loved one to elderly people for them to send money to them just to scam them for money and that's what it is the love of money it's the root of all kinds of evil that's evil when you preying on people at the expense of them so you could get rich that's like uh, predatory lenders or people that know that you can't afford something but yet they dangle that carrot in your head uh, in your face and get you to sign on a dotted line and now you're linked to them you're linked to them for that money because that's what they wanted it might not have been what you wanted but it's what they wanted <laughs> and that's so wrong that's so wrong on so many levels but that is a root and that's a, a, a kind of evil that God wants us to get away from. So it's not the money. It, we, we are supposed to uh, have money on this earth. The Bible says if we don't work, we won't eat. So we have to, you know, do those things in order to maintain a, a regular lifestyle. But the love of money will cause you to be greedy, to act in the act real belligerent with it to uh, cause others to fall and stumble at your desire to have money and that is something that God does not condone and God does not approve of us having that much love of money let's talk about the love of Christ we'll expand our wealth and, and showing that we are emotionally and wonderfully and, and beautifully made by giving. Let's talk about the times when, when we saw someone on the street that didn't have anything and we gave them five or six or seven dollars. We didn't care about where can, what they're going to do with it. It's just the love out of our heart to help someone else that is in need. Let he, let's even go further and talk about some of the relatives that we have that are going through, that are in, in need, that are in crisis. And we know that they're in crisis. We know that they're going through, but we won't do anything for them. We'll say, well, that's their mistake. You know, they should have planned accordingly. They should have did what they should have done to, to not go through those situations. Well, I can't help them, you know. But is that really what God says? Is that really what God wants us to do? Is that really what the, the Word of God tells us? The Word of God tells us that we should always, we should always try to help those that are in need. Just as our God try, it helps us when we're in need. Just think about it. If God wasn't there for us when we needed help, if God wasn't there for us when we needed help,
in our weakest hour, where would we be health-wise if God didn't didn't stop that disease from from getting into our bodies? If God didn't stop that 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 drink that we was at the club and you know you somebody slipped a Mickey in it and that's your drink and you getting ready to drink and then somebody bumps into you and it falls on the ground. You know, if God wasn't there to present, prevent those things, you know, where would you be right now? And those things have have happened in people's lives where they had a brush with a, a fortunate, unfortunate event that God was in the midst. God was in your path. God was there to buffer you from that calamity. But you might you you would say, oh man, that was that was luck. Oh, that was luck. Oh, I, I'm so glad that. Whew, I'm thankful that didn't happen. If if so and so wasn't there, this would have happened. If this wouldn't happen, that would have happened. Those are those are unctionings of God stepping in to prevent calamity in your life. So the main thing is God wants us to pay it forward. God wants us to give Him honor and thanks for being there for you, being there in that mess or in that situation, but at the same time, tell others the goodness of God in your life, you know? And once we are able to do that, then God is being glorified. God is is, is being uh, acknowledged as, as the, the God that can do all things, you know? So, you know, one of the questions is, um, is being rich a sin? No, being being rich is not a sin. So I, trust me, I'm not talking about uh, being rich. But when we are blessed being rich, when we are blessed in our richness, when we obtain money, and we are doing the right things, and we are loving our neighbor, and we are doing. Uh, uh, outstanding things with our families when we're there for them when we're encouraging when we're helping you know the bible tells us in proverbs 10 22 that the blessings of the lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it see that's the blessings of the lord see he could because god gives us the power to get well. God is there. He wants his people to be uh, rich. He wants his people to be able to help others. And the only the way that we can help others is through the blessing that he has given us. But in the interim, when he gives us these blessings, there's no sorrow. There's no sorrow with helping others. There's no sorrow with obtaining the blessings that God gives us because it's going to be sanctioned by the Lord. And you, you're not going to have no late night somebody calling you talking about where my money at. And you're not going to have the IRS or some legal representation saying we question your wealth. We question how you got your money in your bank account. There'll be no sorrow with it. God will bless you when you need the blessings right at the opportune moment. And it will go so smoothly. That's why when we're trying to be these preneurs, I'll say preneurs in the earth, you know, there should be no sorrow with it. Meaning, I mean, if, if God said for you to own a business, to open up a different uh, venture, it should work smoothly. 
it should be blessed and sanctioned by God to the point where doors open doors open money comes approval comes you know favor opens up for you because the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and it has no soul with it now if you're finding yourself always in a hole always going through this rat race of trying to figure out who's going to finance or where you're going to get this from and you're stressing and you're working 30 hour days you know and you're just trying to figure out how to make a dollar out of 15 cents then you have to question if that's God's will for you and it's not your will because remember we talked about our will uh, brings all kinds of evil <laughs> that's the love of money so when it's God's will when it's God's will it adds no sorrow to it let's, let's say that again the love of money brings evil the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it see the comparison you know when you're saying you want to open up uh, a business and you go to the bank and you know that you've done everything that you're supposed to do on your end on this earth credit good business plan uh legal filing of your names um making sure the people that you you're employing and hiring are, are fully vetted and you go to this bank and you know you present them with your your proposal your plan before you do all of that in the process before you get to that bank you should be putting God first before each one of those steps so that he can divinely stamp and divinely instruct and orchestrate the way and the purpose and the will that he wants your business to go but more importantly your mind and your heart got to be right for the journey <laughs> meaning you can't say I want to open this business and then you got a stingy heart behind it. You can't say you want to teach these people this, but the only reason why you're teaching them is because you could get paid from the tuitions. See, it doesn't work like that because sorrow is going to be added from that. Sorrow is going to be added to that because you're not doing it out of the kindness and the goodness of your heart to help others. You're doing it for personal gain. The root of all kinds of evil is what that is. The love of money is what that is. But when God is being blessed through it, when your heart is right about it, you know, that's when we can start seeing. We can start seeing the favor of God over everything that, that we do on this earth. Even our health will be restored. Even the things that we want to do in daily life will be um, elevated when we put God first so I thank God for for this discussion you know and we just got to remember that to be human is a characteristic of people as opposed to God or animals or machines it is our qualities of kindness and sensitivity so human doesn't mean we just walk and breathe and we have you know we'd be able to walk and we could talk and we got emotions it's the kindness it's sensitivity so that's what humanity is being able to see a need and meet a need and if we have money and if we have those things that's at our disposal to help why not help 
why not help? You know, uh, Proverbs 11 and 4 says, Wealth is worthless in the day of our wrath, but righteousness delivers us from death. Okay, so when we are wealthy, you know, when we're in times of trouble, and when we're getting ready to lay our head down uh, uh, for the last time to leave this earth, remember, we can't take any of that with us. We can't take not one thin dime, <laughs> not one thin dime with us after we leave here. So why not help someone else? Why not leave a legacy of of health, help? And why not leave a legacy of helping people to attain their their dreams? Why not invest in people, invest in, in, in younger people, mentor some people so that all of the money that you've accumulated, all of the, the, the wealthy knowledge that you attain through going to college and seminary and all those other places that you get uh, advanced education from, why not spread it? Why not share it? Why not give it away freely? You know, I've seen where people have um, started seminars and workshops and and all these things that they want to share their knowledge with people. Now, if you're sharing it, I, 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 I kind of question whether you're sharing it for a, a good reason or a bad reason, especially if you got to pay $1,500 to go <laughs> to, to listen to the workshop or, or $2,500 to listen to a seminar. You know, I, I question whether you're sharing it. Maybe the wealth of it all, you're sharing it because you can pay for it. But if you really wanted to share it with someone that really needed it and someone could really use it, wouldn't you give it away freely? Wouldn't it be something that you would want to share freely with someone to help them? Not to fleece them out of dollars $3,000 for, for a two-hour session, you know, but, you know, you can paid for it. Don't get me wrong, it's a business if it's a business. But what I'm saying, if it's somebody that really needed that service from you, would you be willing to say, oh, come free, don't worry, because this is going to bless you for the long haul? Or are you going to say, well, you really need a ticket. You really need a ticket to get in here. So that's a question. That's a question. But I want to question and pose a question to each and every one that might be listening today. In our attitude about God, in our attitude about life in general, where do we stand? Where do we stand with uh, our eternal life? Whether we, where do we stand with understanding that we need God in all things that we do? Just like it, with everything that we uh, believe in you know our riches and glory is knowing that Jesus died for our sins number one number two that he is the son of God that came in, in the flesh to redeem us when we believe in those things when we trust in those things then we're able to 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 have a peace that will help us to grow to help us to share that good news that after death there is eternal life 
after our situation on this earth is over, we can still be closely connected to the Creator that created us. And the only way that we can do that is to accept the Lord Jesus into our lives and to believe that he died for our sins. And it's not that hard. It's not that difficult. It's, you don't even have to be rich to do it. Just like the rich man, he was unable to follow Jesus. He was unable to leave all his possessions and follow him. So Jesus is not asking you to, to leave your lose your possessions. He's not asking you to give up all to follow him at this moment. He's asking you just to let go of the sinful part of you, the part that rebels against God, the part that believes that you don't need him. That's what he's asking you to give up. It's just that simple. I mean, you can continue to make money. You can continue to have jobs. You can continue to have all those things that you feel is uh, necessary on this earth. But God wants you to put it into perspective. Whereas he comes first. The Bible says in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's all he wants you to do is to, is to direct your path. He wants to be there in your decision making. He wants to be there with you when you have questions about certain things. He wants to help you. He wants to lead you and guide you into all truth. And the way that he does that is through the infilling and the indwelling of his spirit, which is called Holy Spirit. When you are allowing his Holy Spirit to lead and guide you, then you have that peace, you have that joy, you have that comfort to help others without even questioning it, whatever, without even thinking twice about it. You have that ability to do that. So I thank God for today. I thank God that you, you, you took the time to join us today. And I pray that you have received something from this. Because the perspectives of wealth is important. We have to put things in perspective as, as far as how we want our lives to be. Where does God fit in? And when he blesses us, what are we going to do with it? You know, um, and those are the questions we should ask ourselves. And I thank you all for joining us. I thank you all. And I'm glad to say we're back to be able to, to bring these discussions to you on a weekly basis and I pray that you continue to, to listen and join us in and, and and just be a part of what we're trying to do and again it's inspiring souls and removing the mass through the word of God and I like to always leave and end with a word of prayer Father we thank you for another day we thank you Lord that you have given us the activities of our limbs and a portion of our strength we ask you, Heavenly Father, to continue to strengthen us where we may be weak. We ask you to provide for us the necessary things that we may be a blessing to others when we see them in need, that we are able to, to reveal God's love and our faith in you for all things, that you would provide for us, that you would help us and you would keep us. We bless your name and we thank you, Heavenly Father, and we love you that all things work together for good because we love you and we are called according to your purpose. We bless you and we thank you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
So God bless and thank you everyone. Remember to reach out to us at www.reflectionsofgraceoutreachministries.org. We thank you and we bless your name. And have a good day and we love you. Have a blessed day.